Sports. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you. We are with you all the way up until midnight. So a couple of things on the table. A lot of meat on the bone with this team right now. What do you make of this Nick Pavetta outing? And what do you make of Nick Pavetta in May? Are you buying in that this is the real Nick Pavetta after we saw Pavetta in April, who is one of the worst pitchers in the sport? In the month of May, he's legitimately been one of the best starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. He just completely shut down this Houston Astros team today with eight strikeouts. And he didn't walk a guy. He's walked one guy in the month of May. So are you buying this version of Pavetta rather than the Pavetta that we saw in the month of April? That's on the table. Plus, Xander Bogarts came out and he told Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe he's willing to negotiate during the season, which is something that he wasn't willing to do before the year. Now, I never bought into that. If they go to him with a big-time offer, I'm pretty sure he's going to say, yeah, maybe I'd, be con- maybe I'd consider negotiating a contract right now. So I never bought into that to begin with, but the fact that he's making this public is important because the Red Sox completely bungled this prior to the season, and they are getting another opportunity. A lot of times you don't. You don't get another opportunity after you sort of the contract you offer the guy or at least the reported contract, is a slap in the face where it's just an additional year at $30 million. It's very rare that a player is going to be willing to now negotiate with you again, especially one of his stature. This is one of the best players in the sport. So do we need to hear in the next week and change, two weeks, that the Red Sox have gone to Bogarts? I say yes. They need to do something to try to keep this guy here long term. And part of the reason I say that is this. Trevor Story is going to have a very difficult life in Boston if Xander Bogarts isn't a member of this organization, okay? And the reality is this, and this is not Trevor Story's fault, okay? I'm not blaming Trevor Story, but Trevor Story signs the contract this offseason for $141 million. Trevor Story is now the starting second baseman for the Red Sox. If Trevor Story remains the starting second baseman for the Red Sox for the next six, six years of his contract, I guess the five after this, well, guess what? And Bogarts is here. He's never compared to Xander Bogarts. But, but, if Xander Bogarts goes somewhere else, if he opts out of his contract after the season and he plays for a different organization, unfortunately for Trevor Story, he is always going to be compared to Xander Bogarts. And he doesn't want that. Nobody wants that because this is one of the premier hitters in the sport, regardless of position. You don't want that if you're Trevor Story. And I'm not saying he does want it. I'm just pointing out the fact that life becomes a lot more difficult on Trevor Story if Bogarts isn't signed long-term. And that should factor in to the decision from the front office to offer Bogarts a contract. Because you sign Trevor Story, the best way for him to perform is to have Xander Bogarts here. So the Red Sox need to make Xander Bogarts a legitimate offer in the next couple of weeks here. Oh, and I did want to mention this. The one thing that I do like about what Alex Cora is doing right now from a positive perspective They are giving Franchi Cordero an opportunity. He has been much better since he came up. I'm not going to go through all the numbers, but his whiff rate is way down. His strikeout rate is way down. His walk rate is up. He's hitting the ball harder. Everything is good as it pertains to Franchi Cordero since he came back up. And he did have another hit tonight. And I know the numbers, they're not going to pop out at you. But a lot of the outlying numbers, the advanced numbers, they're really good with Franchi Cordero. He deserves an opportunity, especially considering the fact that Bobby Dahlback has been one of the least productive hitters in all of Major League Baseball, and he plays an offensive position. In the American League, you can't have a first baseman that strikes out all the time, and he's a negative defensive player as well. So, Franchi Cordero deserves an opportunity, and I'm happy the Red Sox are giving him that. I'm not telling you that this means automatically Franchi's going to turn into this incredible player or anything along those lines. It's just he deserves an opportunity. Remember, they wanted him to go down to the minor league level to clean up some of the swing and miss, Take more pitches. He has done that. He deserves this opportunity. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Wally in Fall River. Wally! Yeah, what's up, Brian? Uh, You see a game like this with Pavetta. I think he's turned the corner. You've got to give the guy credit. Mm -hmm. Uh, He stunk in April. Now he seems to have turned around. I'd like to see a couple of more games, maybe not complete games, but uh, at least six innings. But uh, it looks like he's turned the corner, Brian. But uh, the main objective right now, Brian, is to get to 500 and then start pecking away. But uh, don't forget, too, we haven't played. You mentioned the soft schedule. We haven't played the Guardians yet, Kansas City. That's where the Yankees, it seems the Yankees are always already, always playing these uh, bottom-feeding teams. I mean, it seems like they're always playing Baltimore or Kansas City or, uh, you know, these teams with lousy records. 
But uh, as, as far as Bogey, you, you definitely have to keep him. I mean, he wants to stay here. He means mm-hmm. a lot. You're talking about the story situation, but he means a lot to Devers, too. Them two are like glued together, Siamese twins. So uh, he's been like a, you know, a brother to uh, uh, Rafi. But uh, we need to keep him here. I mean, we didn't want to turn into the Oakland Red Sox or the uh, Miami Red Sox uh, have this homegrown talent and you know, either trade it away or let them become free agents. Yeah, I'm with you on all that, Wally, and I appreciate the call. And I get it. You don't want to completely buy into Bavetti yet after the four outings. But this is what I will say. I completely agree with you with the Bogart situation. So this is the offer that I would make because here's the reality. The bat plays. No matter where he plays, it doesn't matter. If he's a corner outfielder, if he's a center fielder, if he's a first baseman, if he's a second baseman, if he's a third baseman, anywhere you put this guy in the field, the bat plays. That's the reality, right? So the offer that I would make to Bogarts is 7 for 27 a year. So that would be, what, $189 million. That's the offer that I would make to him. Seven years, I get, ideally, like, if you're the front office, you'd probably want to make that a five-year deal rather than a seven-year deal. But the reality is you screwed this up so much already that you may have to overcompensate for that. Seven for 189, not a bad deal in my mind, especially because of the fact that the bat's going to play. And here's the other thing. If you really are concerned about him being a long-term shortstop, which I get that. I can give you all the advanced metrics in terms of his numbers, in terms of his defense. Even this year, he's in the negative territory and defensive run saved. I get all that. But when he gets the contract, when you give him the contract, guess what may happen? He may be more willing to change positions after you actually pay him the money. He's not going to do it now because it hurts him in terms of the leverage if he hits the open market. His sort of the position that he'd be in in terms of opting out of his contract and getting paid, it doesn't behoove him to say now he would switch positions. He does that after he gets paid. 617-779-7937, the number. Oh, and by the way, to Wally's point about the Yankees playing a weak schedule, they have, but that team is a wagon. That team is really good. Judge is hitting the crap out of the ball. He's up to 14 home runs. Stanton's been pretty good for them that all season long. That lineup is good enough. And really, the story of the Yankees is the pitching. Nestor Cortez has somehow been one of the best pitchers in the sport. Their bullpen is great with the Michael Kings of the world, the Loisigas of the world, the Litkeys of the world. Of course, they still have Chapman. The bullpen is loaded, and their starting rotation has been really good. Cole has really turned it around after kind of a rough couple of outings to begin the year. He's clearly using the sticky stuff again. You can tell by some of the numbers on his stuff and whatnot. But the overwhelming point is I don't see the Yankees going anywhere. We thought coming into the season, maybe the Blue Jays were the class of the division. No, the Yankees are better than them. So yes, it is true that the Yankees have had an easier schedule than the Red Sox. And I told you, I believe the Red Sox are going to go on a run based on where their schedule is at right now and some of the teams they're about to play. But the Yankees schedule or the Yankees record really isn't fake. I mean, that team is a legitimate, really, really good ball club. 617-779-7937, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Phil. Phil is in New Bedford. Hey, Phil. Hey, Brian. You and I have been talking about 19, 20 months, give or take, correct? What's that? On all the different formats, right? Celtics. What'd you say? So, you and I have been talking about 20 months, give or take, on the Red Sox and different things, right? So I've always been honest with you, and I appreciate every once in a while you and I disagree with each other, but... Last year, you and I were talking about you. You foresaw this, and I. I was like, I'm not trying to take a like a lap, like a victory lap. But here's the most right now. Talk about now, Phil. Hold on, I have they no idea keep, what you're talking about. And we got about everything we've talked about, good, bad, and different for like 19, 20 months. It comes down to Bogats, right? Yeah. Give him truth and show him some respect. That would give respect to, also it can fall back to what you and I talked about three weeks ago, to the whole locker room. Right. All right, Phil, I'm going to let you go, man. I appreciate the call. His line's open if you would like to grab it at 617-779-7937. I legitimately have no idea what he's talking about. I can't recall the conversation we had a couple of months ago. He says we go back 19, 20 months talking about the Celtics. I have no idea what he's talking about. If his point is you need to make Xander Bogarts a contract extension, I would say yes. I think what we have found out is, by the way, Rafael Devers, I believe the concern that the Red Sox have with him is the defense. He has been a plus defender this year. The advanced metrics would tell you Rafael Devers has been a plus defender this season. 
So the Raphael Devers situation, I feel like it behooves the Red Sox to go to him as well. But in terms of the Bogarts thing, I feel like the closer you get to the trading deadline now, maybe the Red Sox, and I believe they're going to go on a run here. So maybe it is a moot point. Maybe it's just completely irrelevant because they want to make a run and you're not going to trade Xander Bogarts at the trading deadline. I don't see them trading Xander Bogarts regardless. First of all, because of the fact the guy we know has a no trade clause, so he would have to approve anything. And it would be a terrible PR move for the organization if they moved Xander Bogarts at the trading deadline. But I do agree with Phil if his point is they need to make Bogarts a real offer. Because I don't know this for a fact, obviously. I can only speculate. I have to imagine that guys in the clubhouse are irked with the lack of a true offer for the guy that's a leader. This is a two-time champion. This is one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. And this is legitimately the leader of that clubhouse. We all know that to be the case. So when you put all those things together, he plays at an elite level. Okay, maybe not an elite defensive shortstop, but an elite hitter no matter what his position is. We also know the fact that he wants to be here. He's telling you he wants to be here. He's telling you he's not mad that you screwed up. He's giving you a mulligan. Maybe he's mad, but he's giving you a mulligan. Take that opportunity and sign him. At least make him a real offer. Now, if you offer him a legitimate offer like I said, and he says, no, okay, like at least you can live with that as a Red Sox fan. But what you cannot live with is no offer. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to George in Westford. George, please be better than Phil. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I agree with you totally with Bogarts. Uh, I mean, from the start, he needed to be signed. But I was thinking as well as uh, this was this thing with Pavetta. I think it was this wasn't really the turning point, but the prior start with the White Sox where he went six innings and actually showed control where I think he only walked one guy, and yeah, we yes. lost, but it was six innings, no run ball. That was gorgeous. Well, he's walked one like, guy, George, in his last go. four. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. He's he's gotten a lot. I was really thinking he would be a breakout player this year uh, for the for the Sox because I mean that <laughs> that curveball he dropped. Uh, to knock out the Yankees was a thing of beauty. So, I mean, it was like, this guy's Yeah, nailed. and the Nationals, George. Hey, I appreciate the call, my friend. The Nationals, too. Remember that the one at the end of the season? That was a nasty curveball. Yes, he looks way more comfortable. And one thing about Pavetta, just not to get too much in the weeds, but his slider has been significantly better this year. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you all the way up until midnight. So are you with me? Is my offer to Bogart 7 for 189? Is that fair for both sides? Has Pavetta turned a corner? That's on the table as well. And do you agree with me that this team is about to take a, make a run? 617-779-7937 the number right here on EI. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan's an easier choice than ever with our exciting and fuel-efficient lineup. Now, get great offers on our full line. Shop at your local Nissan store in NissanUSA.com. All right, well, the Sox big win tonight as they took out the Houston Astros. They take two of three in this series over Houston, of course, Won the game Monday night and then lost the game yesterday where Nathan Avaldi gave up five home runs in one inning. I still can't believe that happened last night. But tonight, the good news is Nick Pavetta was absolutely outstanding as the Sox beat the Astros 5-1. to one. Pavetta's final line in this game, really good. A complete game, one earned run. That one earned run was a solo shot to Jose Altuve to start the game. Eight strikeouts as well. Meanwhile, Xander Bogarts, the man I say the Red Sox need to sign. He hit a home run his fourth on the season. Rafael Devers is red hot. Two for three. He is now hitting 340 on the season. 340. That is not a misprint. He's hitting 340, people, okay? The Sox and the Mariners open up a four-game set Thursday night at Fenway. Rich Hill gets the start in that one. It's a 7-10 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network. The season, the Heat play game two of their best of seven. Thursday night in Miami. Al Horford listed as doubtful. He's in health and safety protocols. Marcus Smart probable with a left foot sprain. The C's coming off that brutal 118-107 loss in Game 1. They were outscored 39-14 in the third quarter. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
All right, Brian Barrow with you from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. First show of the year from here. A lot more coming in the coming weeks here. 617-779-7937, the number. If you do want to wait in the Bogart situation, is my offer fair? Seven-year deal, 27 a year, which brings it up to $189 million. I don't care about the defense. You can move the player once you sign him to that long-term contract extension. He wants to be here. He made that abundantly clear. He told Pete Abraham of the Globe he's now open to talking about it when prior to the season, he didn't want to talk about it. And I just feel like from... A team chemistry standpoint, right? And I know that High Bloom of the front office, that's not their number one priority. But losing this guy will be a massive gut punch for the organization. For the guys in that clubhouse, not having this guy signed up long term would be a catastrophe. He wants to be here. He's saying he wants to be here. You need to find a way to get a deal done with him long term. Marcelo Mayer, we don't know when he's going to be here. (laughs) Four years down the road, maybe three at the earliest. And when he comes up, fine. Then you find a way to put Bogarts at second or Bogarts at third. Whatever it is, you figure out that problem when you get there. But for the here and now, you need to get this guy signed long-term. Bottom line, need to get this guy signed long-term. And if this team plays poorly, it will continue to be a conversation. We heard the other day the re-sign Xander chance. So it behooves them to get a deal done as soon as they possibly can or at least make the offer. If they say no, Scott Forrest and Xander Bogarts, well, at least you tried. But don't give me one extra year at $30 million. Make a real offer to Bogarts. The other stuff on the table tonight, Pavetta has been one of the best pitchers in baseball in May. I cannot believe I'm saying that. Are you buying this version of Nick Pavetta? And the other thing is the schedule softens up. You look at the next five series for the Red Sox, only one of these teams is 500. You got the Mariners coming in this weekend, which is a four-game series. It's going to get underway starting tomorrow. And then you look at the fact that after that, yes, you are going to play a Chicago White Sox team that you lost a series to, and they're 18 and 18, but that's the only 500 team. Then you get the Orioles, who suck, who somehow beat you earlier this season, two out of three. Then you have the Reds that are atrocious, and then you get the Oakland A's. So this is really the opportunity for the Red Sox to really make a run here. I believe they'll do it because the lineup has completely turned around. Not that Devers was struggling, but he had like two weeks where he wasn't hitting the ball particularly well. He's completely gone on fire in the month of May. Bogarts has really been good outside of the first week of the season. And J.D.'s hitting streak just ended tonight at 18. (laughs) That's like a bad night for J.D. Martinez. Doesn't get a hit. And he almost hit a home run. Remember, he had the sack fly in the first inning. That would have been a home run, but Tucker made that play there out in right field. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Dylan, who's in Rhode Island. Hey, Dylan. Hey, how are you? I want to talk brother. about how we just need. We got to talk about how we need a closer. I mean, I agree that like the offense has been underperforming and everything, but the main re- issue with us right now is the closer position. I really don't have a problem with the offense. The offense can pick it up any day of the week. We need to sign Bogarts. Yeah, we need to sign Devers. Yeah, those are deals that need to be done in the offseason, not right now. Let's talk about well, but hold on, Dylan, hold on. Let me interject for a second here. You can't wait till the offseason for Bogarts because then you open it up to 29 other clubs across the sport. If you're going to get a deal done with Bogarts, you got to get it done now or he's gone. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. But he's, like you just said, as you've been talking about, he's been open to negotiation. So let's negotiate with him now then. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. So we agree. Get a closer. We need bullpens. We need a We need a closer. This team needs a closer, and this kid, this team absolutely needs a bullpen. Like, and that's where we're lacking. We don't need, like, the offense can pick it up any day of the week. Yeah, I'm not arguing that they need help offensively. Okay. Yeah, Dylan, I appreciate the call, my friend. I, I'm not arguing they need help offensively. I've never said that. In fact, we started off the show, or after we talked about Pavetta, we talked about the bullpen needing help. Now, I would be in the camp of saying, in terms of the closer thing, I would like to have that role defined. But the problem with this team right now is you really only have two guys that you can unequivocally say you feel good right now. And that's Schreiber, who is very inexperienced, and Strom, that's been an absolute stud so far this season. If it were me, I would give Strom that closer role, if you will, but then think about what you're creating as it pertains to some of the other issues you could have. Like what we saw the other night, Strom's best performance came the other night when he came into that game against the Astros in the seventh inning. 
and he struck out Bregman looking. Remember, this is after the Astros took that 3-2 to two lead. He struck out Bregman looking, and then he struck out Alvarez. Okay, so if you don't bring Strom in for the seventh inning, well, then maybe that thing gets out of control if you went to another reliever in your bullpen. So as much as I would like him to have that role, Strom, I can't give that him that role because I may need him in the seventh. So that's the problem the Red Sox have right now is because they're so short in that particular spot. I can't just say, hey, Matt Strom's the closer or somebody else is the closer. Now we can look back and say the Red Sox really royally screwed this up in the offseason, which they did. I mean, one of my two great articles that I ever wrote for WEI.com, one of them was about the bullpen this offseason and guys they needed to go after. I gave you a bunch of them. My big three were Ryan Tapera. He's on the Angels. Two years, 14 mil. Very affordable. Rysel Iglesias. Okay, that was expensive. And Kendall Graveman. Those are three guys that could be in the Red Sox bullpen right now. And they didn't go after any of the three guys. So when I look back at it, yes, I can look at the offseason and say if they had one of those guys, they could have somebody that they defined as the closer. But the reality is you don't have that right now. So as great as Strom is, I can't just give him that closer role because I may need him in the seventh inning. Like we, like you saw the other night, he needed to go out there to face Bregman and Alvarez. If he doesn't face Bregman and Alvarez, you may lose that game. That may be a 6-3 game after the inning, depending on who you put in there. And that was the right move by Core. I give him credit for putting Strom in that point. So, yes, I would like to have roles defined, but I don't believe right now this team can define roles in the bullpen because they have so many issues back there in terms of a lack of arms. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Eric. He's in a car. Eric, what's up, my friend? Hey, what's going on? How are you? Good, man. So I want to talk about the fact that this team, this entire season, relies on the health of Chris Sale and Waka and James Pax and all those guys coming back because, let's be real, Whitlock, they paid him as a closer. They paid him as a reliever, and they're taking advantage of this kid right now. If I'm him, I would not be happy. I'm getting paid. You know, whatever that amount was, they gave him was it nineteen million, twenty million, and the guy's going out there starting getting five innings. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, Eric, 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 hold on, because <laughs> you're saying something very substantial there. So you believe they pulled the rug out from underneath Whitlock? You think they gave him that extension when they did, and then they put him in the rotation after they paid him the money? So they were waiting to not have him being in the rotation to begin the season because they wanted to get a cheaper deal. I'm not saying they directly did that, but if I'm him, I can feel that way. <laughs> That's the way Whoa. I would view it. Yeah, I mean, if they did I mean, that, if you're, if you're, I if almost you get, get Bloom if, credit. If, if you look at all the relievers, if you look at Matt Barnes' contract, right, he's getting more than Whitlock's getting right now. Yes, and but Whitlock, wait, that's a different situation, though. Days. Whitlock was still under club control for a while, so they had the opportunity to buy out arbitration years and whatnot. No, I understand that, but if you're Garrett Whitlock and you see all these guys, these starters getting all this money around the league, mm-hmm. and you, he's been a starter for what a month and a half now, yeah, something like that, maybe a, not yeah, even. he's had probably yeah. like five or six starts, and he's getting paid as a reliever. So I just think that if Chris Sale <laughs> comes back, you get Paxton back, you get Waka back. That's the only way this team is going to actually be able to to succeed this year because. You want Whitlock in the pen. That's what I mean. If if the Red Sox are being truthful and they paid him to be a bullpen guy, that's where he needs to be. He should not be yeah, out there look. five innings. I I saw the stat the other day. His his WAR this year actually was more out of the bullpen than it is in the starting role or win whatever. I think there was some number. Yeah, it's his said. win probability added. His win probability added is more as a reliever than it is as a starter, and it's crazy because he's pitched so many more innings as a starter, right? Exactly, and it just it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me how the. If I'm him, I, I I would be upset about the contract that they gave me. I mean, don't get me wrong; the guy's making a lot of money, but you look around and and you wow. see other relievers and you see other starters. Uh, that's just my thought on it. Yeah, that's interesting, Eric, and I appreciate the call, man. You can grab his line if you'd like at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Whoa, I mean that is a theory. So <laughs> let me get this straight. High and Bloom of the Red Sox organization said, "You know what." We want to make Garrett Whitlock a starter long-term. So prior to the season, or at the beginning of the season, I should say, we're going to give him a contract extension. After we give him the contract extension, we move him into the rotation. 
Now, that's a fantastic theory. I don't buy it. Here's why. Because we knew that the plan coming into the season, Cora actually mentioned this, and he didn't even really mean to bring it up. It just sort of came up. Now, earlier this season, you know, one of the wins at the beginning of the year, Rich Hill started. After that, Garrett Whitlock came on to the mound. Alex Cora, after that game, said, yeah, we like this, and this is what we want to do with Tanner and Chris Sale as well. So the plan coming into the season was to have Chris Sale as a starter, and Hulk, of course, Chris Sale's a starter, but Hulk piggybacking him, and Whitlock was going to be in that role as well. I think what they realized with all these issues that they have in the rotation, their guess or their play is that they think that they can get more out of Whitlock. Now, here's the other thing about Whitlock. I don't think they did him dirty. I think they went to Whitlock, and look, I don't blame the Red Sox for doing this. Whitlock is a guy that was a Rule 5 draft pick. Whitlock is a guy that clearly doesn't want to think about his contract and all that different type of stuff. He just wants to get out there and pitch. That's what I think Whitlock wants to do. And actually, if you think about it, John Lester was this way as well. Now, the Red Sox screwed him over in the second one. But remember, the first contract extension he signed with the Red Sox was not for big money. He just wanted to pitch and not worry about his contract. I feel like Whitlock is in that similar mold. Now, I would love that conspiracy theory to be true. I just don't buy it. I really, truly believe that the Red Sox went into the season and they thought that the best role for Garrett Whitlock was to be as a guy piggybacking a Rich Hill and pitching in multiple times a week. And I believe that still is his best role. I just feel like now they're they're making the play that they think the best role is for him to be in the rotation. I disagree with that, but I can understand where they're coming from with that. But I don't think it was the contract thing. I really don't. I, that's a great theory. I mean, I'm all for that theory like that. I just don't believe it. It's not a bad idea. And if that actually is true, I almost give the front office credit because that's a phenomenal idea. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Kevin. Kevin is in Connecticut tonight. What's up, Kevin? Hey, what's going on, Brian? How are you? Good, my friend. How are you? Good. I'm uh, I'm just super jazzed about Nick Pavetta tonight. I mean, this guy, hes you're used to seeing him bring the intensity. And at the beginning of the season, it seemed like it was something was going on with him. It was just a little off, but... Kind of seeing him, like, you know, really getting pumped after getting those Ks to end the inning. It just it kind of felt like last October when he was uh, yeah. coming in against the Rays again. And I, yep. I love seeing this guy like that. So, yeah, like the prime. Uh, yeah, remember those primal screens, Kevin, last year in the postseason when he's coming off the mound against the Rays? Yeah, that version of Pavetta is awesome. Yeah, doing the high kicks to the, to the dugout. <laughs> I, I love that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, the whole Whitlock situation in the bullpen. Yeah. Honestly, one, I think they need another bullpen pitcher, but it might be best to get, you know, I know you got Sale and you got Paxton coming back, and we need Walker more than ever right now, but it might be better to get, like, another arm as well as another bullpen pitcher because once you once you bring somebody else, you can do more with Whitlock. Like, I, I like him as a starter. I just think that right now he's, he's way more needed in the pen, and, I don't want to see him get pushed around too much. And I don't know, maybe you can close games with him if you bring in another guy. I just, and I know this kid Winkowski looks pretty good. And uh, yeah, I'm that, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm waiting for, Kevin, is I feel like the Bayo move, that signals something from the AAA level, right? So Bayo gets promoted right. to go to Worcester after he was phenomenal in AA this season, by the way. That, to me, signals yeah. that, okay, Winkowski or Seabold should be up here soon. Seabold had one bad start this season. That's it. Winkowski's been pretty good all season long. And if you look at what this team has, I don't just look at it as starters or relievers right now. I look at it, okay, if you have a quality arm in AAA right now and you have a team that is desperate for any help in the pitching staff, really, after the first six innings games, why not give one of those guys an opportunity? Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree. So. Appreciate the call, Kevin. You can grab his line if you'd like. It's 617-779-7937. Yeah, the Whitlock situation, I mean, I do love that theory. They signed him to the contract because they realized they were eventually going to make up a starting pitcher so they could get a cheaper deal. I don't buy it, but, I mean, that is an absolutely phenomenal theory. Now, here is sort of the juxtaposition. You knew the numbers would be a little bit worse when Whitlock went into the rotation compared to a reliever because it's a sprint as a reliever and he's got to manipulate and maneuver through a lineup a couple of times going into the rotation. So here are the numbers. As a starter, 189 opponents batting average compared to a 121 
opponent's batting average as a reliever. The OPS against 639 as a starter, 384 as a reliever. The strikeouts, of course, they're still up there. Now the walks are up since he went to the rotation, and the whip is way up. 1.10, not that that's bad. I mean, that's good. But his whip as a reliever was 0.62. So the ERA as a starter, 3.15. The ERA as a reliever, 0.93. And look, ERA for relievers, it's not really that relevant because of the fact that if you look at it as it pertains to relievers, you have one bad inning, your ERA is completely screwed up. The point being, he really didn't have any bad innings. But I truly believe for this team, the best way to use Whitlock is sort of as that bullpen weapon, just because it would be one thing if the Red Sox had the Yankees bullpen, right? So if the Red Sox had Michael King and they had Litke and they had Loisaga and they had Chapman, right? They had all those guys. Okay, or if they even had, like, say, for example, the White Sox bullpen, where they come at you with Hendricks and with Graveman, all these guys that they can throw at you. Or like the Angels, where they have Tapera and they have Rysel Iglesias back there, right? So if the Red Sox were deep in that area, then okay, I would be fine with having Whitlock in the rotation. I just look at it in terms of the best interest of the 2022 Red Sox. I feel like that role for Garrett Whitlock should be in the bullpen. Now, I'm not telling you that the Red Sox don't look at it that way. I think they. Tr- I don't think this is about Garrett Whitlock long-term. I truly believe they think for this team that Garrett Whitlock's best role is as a starter. I just disagree with them on that. I, I'm on the other side of it. I think his best role is as a bullpen guy. But I don't think this is about what's in the best interest of the 2023 and 2024 Red Sox and what's in the best interest of Garrett Whitlock long-term to get him into that rotation and get him opportunities as a starting pitcher. I don't believe that to be the case whatsoever. I believe that the Red Sox truly believe Garrett Whitlock's best role for this team is in the rotation. I just, quite frankly, disagree with that. And I do think that the Red Sox should prioritize bringing up one of those guys from the AAA level, whether it be Winkowski or Seabold, and give and look, Seabold last year, he had one bad start. His velocity was down. His velocity's not where it was prior to the injury last year either. He was dealing with, what, a little bit of an elbow thing? I'm not going to judge him by one atrocious start against a Chicago White Sox team last year that was really good. He deserves another opportunity. Winkowski deserves an opportunity. And if anybody should want them to come up, it should be Bloom. Bloom's going to get credit for these guys if they perform. I mean, think about it. Winkowski came over in the Benintendi trade. And Seabold came over in the trade that sent Workman and Hembry to the Philadelphia Phillies. So Heim Bloom would be the guy that gets credit if these guys come up and perform at a high level. And look, there's been a lot of criticism of Heim Bloom, and he deserves it for the lack of a legitimate bullpen for Alex Cora, which, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. Cora is one of the best tactical managers in the sport. He doesn't have the arms out there. I almost feel bad for the manager at times. Like, the Brazier thing, I blame Cora for. I don't bring him into that game the other day. But overall, I can't really criticize many of the moves. Not that I want to. I like Cora as a manager. I think he's really good. Not that I want to criticize him, but there's not really many moves you can criticize Cora for this year. Outside of Brazier the other day, I can't really find a lot of moves where I say, yeah, I don't agree with the manager's doing. There's a lot of stuff that the GM or the head of baseball ops has done that I disagree with. So you can blame him for all that, but you would think that he would want one of his guys to come up and perform at a high level that he traded for. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you do want to weigh in on this, the Bogarts contract's on the table as well. Is my offer of a seven-year deal, $27 million per, $189 a fair offer for both sides? That's on the table. Are you believing in this version of Nick Pavetta, who has been one of the best pitchers in the sport in the month of May? Are the Red Sox about to go on a run? And you can weigh in on the Celtics if you one as well tonight because, of course, they lose that game. <sighs> 39-14 third quarter, just flat-out embarrassing. If you want to win in that, and how concerned are you if Al Horford, which in all likelihood he's going to miss Game 2 of this series, how concerned are you about Game 2 tomorrow night? We'll get into it all next year on EI. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. 
when it comes to construction, there's one thing you'll find on every job, the SPAC screen box. That's because SPAC's fasteners are engineered to drive faster, hold stronger, and last longer while keeping it easy to find what you need. And they're made right here in America. Drive confidence into every connection with SPACs. Find the fastener for your next job at SPACs.us. On June 5th, shave your head for kids with cancer. Join the One Mission Buzz Off at Gillette Stadium. Money raised will bring joy, hope, comfort, and support to kids fighting cancer and their families. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm shaving my head because I want to show kids with cancer they are not alone. My hair will grow back, but the feeling I'll get from helping these kids and their families will last forever. Shave with me at the One Mission Buzz Off. Register today at buzzforkids.org. That's buzzforkids.org. Hi folks, it's Joe Giacalone, owner of Arch Painting, celebrating our 25th anniversary. I'm so proud to have grown Arch Painting into New England's most trusted painting company. But it wasn't just me. We've had incredible employees over the decades and our current team is so special to work with. Today, we're looking for new people to welcome to the Arch Painting family. Specifically, we're looking for project managers, inside sales, and office support staff. Why join the Arch team? We're not just a company. We're a family helping you succeed in your job and grow as we grow. We offer fantastic benefits, competitive wages, and a culture that makes work enjoyable. To apply or get more information, call us at 1-844-ARCH-PAINTING or email us at jobs at archpainting.com. If you have chronic joint pain, but you're not having success with steroids and you want to avoid surgery, thankfully there's a better way. And it's now available here in New England from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Greg. I'm talking about brand new therapies, advanced all natural biologics, regenerative treatments that can restore and repair damaged joint tissue, providing lasting relief with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader when it comes to precision regenerative medicine with over 100 clinics across America and literally thousands of satisfied patients. If you've got joint pain due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain are the only ways. You need to learn more about these new biologic therapy options that can change your life. Call QC Kinetics now. It's a free consultation with local medical professionals. 617-644-PAIN. That's 617-644-PAIN. QC Kinetics, 617-644-PAIN. With All Town Neighborhood Perks, it just gets better and better because you'll save 50 cents a gallon on gas your first fill-up as a member and be entered to win gas for an entire year with every fill-up through July 5th. Plus, earn discounts and rewards every time you shop. So download the All Town Neighborhood Perks app and join for free to start earning rewards like never before at All Town and Honey Farms. Up to 20 gallons, $10 max discount at participating locations. One discount per member. Expires July 5th, 2022. Visit MyNeighborhoodPerks.com for more details. With our teachers and the entire school supporting us every step of the way, we're ready to succeed. Ready to turn good work into great work. Take on more complex challenges. Express our creativity in new ways and dream even bigger than before. This school year is full of amazing opportunities. And learn more at mass.gov slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. If your vehicle squeals or grinds when you slow down or just isn't stopping like it used to, you may need new brake rotors and pads. Now through May 24th at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get 15% off a set of Brake Best Select or Import Direct brake pads and two rotors. Restore safe braking and save money now at O'Reilly Auto Parts or order online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Sox Review on WEEI. All right, welcome back in, and we are with you up until midnight, so a lot on the table tonight. If you do want to weigh in on my proposed Xander Bogarts deal, seven years, 27 per, that's $189 million, you can, and do you think the Red Sox need to make him a legitimate offer now that he gave them the opportunity to negotiate again, which is something... 
as recently as what, a month ago, um, six weeks ago when the season began, he wasn't willing to do that. Do the Red Sox need to make Xander Bogarts a real offer? The other one is the Devers situation. That one, the price is just going up and up on that one. And that does feel different than the Bogarts situation where Devers still has another year of club control after this one. And Devers, remember... He was talking this offseason about the fact that he doesn't view himself, compare himself to other third basemen. So what Devers is looking for is to sort of get paid that Bryce Harper type deal, that Manny Machado type deal. So that's going to be an even more difficult one for the Red Sox to figure out. So, And then the other thing is just this. Do you feel like this Red Sox team right now, based on where they're going, or I should say who they're welcoming in, the Mariners, and just their schedule coming up in general, when you look at the fact that you play the Mariners, you play the White Sox, you play the Orioles, you play the Reds, and you play the A's outside of the White Sox, all those teams completely suck. The Reds have given up. The A's gave up before the season when they traded Bassett and they traded Manaya. They basically are doing a fire sale trying to rebuild that organization, and we all know the Orioles blow. Now, the Red Sox did lose a series to them earlier this season. But in totality, you get the point. This is a really soft landing for the schedule, for the Red Sox schedule, if you will. It's Angel Food Cake over the next couple of weeks here. They have a real opportunity to make hay and get back in this race. Now, I truly believe based right now where they're at from a divisional perspective, I don't see the Yankees completely falling apart. And I believe the Rays are going to be there all season long. The Jays, I'm less convinced on. Their rotation has not been great. They have good arms. Gosman's been really good for them. Manoa's good. But Jose Barrios, after the last outing, yes, that was good. But overall, he has not been good this season. Yusei Kikuchi, who they signed in the offseason, absolutely sucks. That guy's one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball the past couple of years in terms of loud contact and stuff along those lines. So I'm not as convinced on the Blue Jays as I was prior to the season. I don't think they're this wagon or anything along those lines. But I believe the Yankees and the Rays are the Yankees going to be there all season long. The Rays are always there. But I do look at the schedule right now, and I believe that the Red Sox can make a run here and get back into the race. Remember, there is an extra wild card team this season. So the Red Sox are going to have an opportunity here over the next couple of weeks to really get themselves back in this race. And it feels like right now they're equipped to do that based on the way that this team has been hitting the baseball. Oh, the other thing is just the Garrett Whitlock situation. Are they doing the right thing with him? 617-779-7937, the number, with you up until midnight. Tyler Devitt with us as well. Of course, the producer of, what do you guys call the show now? Oh, okay, we can't hear you. We'll see if we can get you connected in a little bit here, but we'll get Tyler's thoughts on this as well. But with uh, the Garrett Whitlock situation, I feel like if Tanner Houck was the Tanner Houck we saw last year, I would be fine with keeping Whitlock in the rotation because that means, okay, that bullpen weapon, you would already have that guy out there, right? You would have Tanner Houck to be what Garrett Whitlock was supposed to be entering the season. But the fact that Tanner Houck has not been that guy most of the season, that's what tells me I need Garrett Whitlock to be in the bullpen. And we'll see if they decide over the next couple of weeks or so, or really less than that, if they want to bring up a Josh Winkowski or a Connor Seabold, give one of those guys an opportunity, which I think will free up Garrett Whitlock to go to the bullpen. The other thing is this. We hear about the Chris Sale situation. Obviously, we don't know exactly what it was in terms of his health situation. We just know it's a personal health situation. But I'm just not putting any faith in the guy whatsoever. I don't know what's going on with him now. We know he had a rib injury before the season. Last year, of course, he's coming off the Tommy John. I just don't trust that the guy is going to be somebody that you can legitimately depend on long-term at any point this season. So that's why I just feel like the best role for Whitlock is going back to the bullpen. But the Red Sox clearly seem convinced that his best role right now is in the rotation. So you mentioned the Xander Bogarts offer you had was seven four one eighty nine, an average per year of what twenty seven? Yeah, it's twenty seven. Why would he take that? Because Corey Seager just probably reset the market. Twenty seven years old. Who would you rather have? Just on a dollar for dollar basis, you're paying one dollar each. Would you rather have Seager or Xander? I would rather have Bogarts, but Bogarts, when that extension starts, would be what is thirty one year old season, correct? Correct. Well, no, he, he it's thirty year old season. Oh, he's twenty nine right now. Right, twenty nine right now. So next year would be his first year of, the, of a potential seven-year offer. So if you're going to give him seven years at Corey Seager's 32 and a half, you're looking at 7-4-220. That is big-time money. Why wouldn't he ask for that? Yeah, I mean— he And cer- would you give it to him? Yeah, he certainly could. I mean, I, 
I would look at it from this perspective. I feel like is that a dis if I offer this to Bogarts as my first offer if I'm Heim Bloom in the Red Sox organization, is that a disrespectful offer? Seven for one eighty nine. I would think so on the surface. My my snap reaction when you said it was that is a very low offer. Scott Boris would laugh at you for that. Okay, so if we go up to seven for thirty, that's two ten. That should get it done. Okay, so if my first offer is one eighty nine and they say no, and my counter offer is two ten, which brings it up three million per year, I would still be willing to pay that money. I'm just looking at it from the Red Sox position as well, where I'd say, okay, obviously. In terms of the years, I think that's the thing, Tyler, they're more concerned about, more so than anything else. But I feel like that is... And here's the other thing about Bogarts that's unique to this, and that's why I feel like that 7 for 189 may get it done. Because it does appear that Bogarts is a different type of guy. Where, if you remember back to after the Red Sox won the World Series in 18, all these guys were getting contract extensions, right? It was sort of like, Oprah, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Dave Dombrowski was just handing them out left and right. Chris Sale gets one because of the John Lester situation. Nathan Avaldi gets a contract extension, which is crazy, right? We killed that contract extension at the time. Now, it didn't work out for two years. Last year, it did. <laughs> this year, TBD, to be determined. They gave, not that this, like, handicapped them long-term, but they gave Steve Pierce an extension as well. So they really spent, like, crazy that offseason to extend some of their guys to keep him here. They then, Xander Bogarts was the one that went to the Red Sox and wanted a contract extension. And look, Bogarts didn't really become Bogarts until 19. He was good in 18, but 19 is when he became one of the best hitters in the sport. So since that point, Bogarts has been underpaid. But remember, he was willing, and Boris didn't want him to do it. Boris wanted him to go to free agency. He just made sure, hey, well, if you're going to do this, Xander, get the opt-out in it. And that's why he has the opt-out right now. But the, the reason I say that, going back to 19... He doesn't feel like Mookie, and it doesn't actually feel like Devers either. It feels like Devers is more like Mookie. Where he's probably in the middle between the two. Yeah, he wants to re He wants the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado money. I feel like Bogarts. It's almost, and I almost feel bad for him, Tyler. It's almost like he's begging for a contract. That's why I think he may be willing to play ball with that seven for one eighty nine that I presented. Because of who it is. And he's he's coming up publicly and saying, like, I want to be here long term. And Mookie never said that. Like, we were actually right. in, in this very room here at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio. We have to say once per hour. We were told that by management. Uh, so we're at the Ford Clubhouse studio. And, and, uh, and Mookie was sitting right here to your left. And we asked him, I think it was Glenn, on uh, the then OMF or Wayne Maloney and Fourier. And we asked him, do you want to be here in Boston long term? And he gave the uh, Scott Boris Fed line, like, I'm going to evaluate my options. Like, and it was a very weird op It was a very weird response to, do you want to be in Boston? Like, you should say yes, of course, but then dollars talk at the end of the day. But he never said anything close to that. Yeah. And Xander has been completely opposite. So the narrative here, and I'm interested to see this, and Lou actually pointed this out, was when they were, they were doing the resand Xander, uh, Xander chance the other night. That was the first night of a of that narrative starting. It's going to get worse. Oh so yeah, fans will keep doing that, especially if they lose at blowout games where it's just like the diehard fans who are drunk in the eighth or ninth inning, and Xander's up there for the third or fourth time. Those re-signed Xander chants will not go away. They're only going to louden over the summer. Yeah, so that would be my initial offer, seven for one eighty nine. I truly believe you can get Bogarts at a decent price because he wants to be here. He came out and he said he wants to be here. And with Mookie, remember he had to like defend himself at the All-Star break where he said, I actually like Boston. Remember that whole thing? I mean, it was a, did. a complete debacle. But I'd be willing to go up to that second deal that I said. And $30 million a year, which would bring that up to 210. i I'd be willing to go to that number for a guy like Bogarts because I'm not as concerned about the position as everybody else is. Believe me, I know what the defensive metrics say, and he's already in the negative territory and defensive run saved this particular season. But what I look at is just, you can't lose that bat. You can't lose that type of leadership. And how about the message that sends, right? You can't. So, but think about this. It's the, too many stars let walk. Yeah, you cannot and, do that. And I don't even look at it like, okay, the Mookie thing, I didn't want to sign Mookie long-term. I don't think he's going to age well and all that. Uh, people disagree with me on that. But as it pertains to Bogarts, just think about this too. Two-time champion, does everything right, Silver Slugger Award winner multiple times is telling the organization he wants to be here. Great clubhouse guy. Yeah. And so if you're a young guy in the organization, aren't you kind of looking at it like, wait, 
What they more do pay I have him? to do? They won't pay that guy? How am I going to get my contract extension, right? Some of the young players on this team, they may look in, in the farms. They may look, wait, they won't pay Bogarts? I mean, that is not good business. But everything you are saying right now, Brian Barrett, the, the public perception, the optics are the exact cards that Scott Boris is pulling right now. If he's having these conversations, which I hope he is, with Heim Bloom, he's saying, you cannot do this. You understand the public perception. You let Mookie go. You traded to Andrew Benintendi. Uh, you, you traded for guys like... Verdugo is okay. Uh, you have guys who, in the Josh Winkowski down in the farm system. These guys might be something, but you do not have the face of the franchise who are, who are uh, fans are mad when yes. Mookie gets traded, and they still they still talk about Benintendi to this day. They they love Benintendi. Um, yeah, so I've never understood the fixation. on He's Benintendi. not the same category as, as any of yeah. the three we're talking about. No, I'm but, with you though. People love Benintendi for some reason. I, I don't get it. But when you trade these guys away, especially these stars, or you fail to come to long term extensions, people do not forget about it, and it becomes a narrative for easy small fans who come to one or two games a year to be pissed off about and not come back the next year. Right, and, and you're Scott the Red Sox. But Scott Boris is telling Heim Bloom these exact things. Is you know the the optics man that Glenn Ordway says. Optics man tells you that you can't trade these stars. Therefore, you're going to give me my eight years for 250 that I'm going to ask for. He's going to go. So he's going to start crazy high, probably nine years, ten years. What What would you say if he asked for a ten year contract to retire at age 40? I wouldn't give it to him. I mean, that's unless it's really one of those ones where it's deal break from the start. What's that? A deal break from the start. Yeah, I mean, years. ten years is just too much for me. I mean. Till he's 39, that feels like it's steep. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you. Tyler Devitt's here as well. We're with you all the way up until midnight. So, the Xander Bogarts conversation on the table, because until they sign him, this is going to continue to be a contract. This is going to continue to be a topic of conversation. So, should the Red Sox make an offer to Bogarts right now? Will you get pissed if we get another article in six weeks from now, the pressure on the front office, will they actually make an offer? Should they? Do you believe in Nick Pavetta right now? Will this team make a run? I believe they're going to in the next couple of weeks or so. And if you want to wait in the Celtics, are they in trouble? We'll get into it all here on EEI.